So I think if there's anything that I can say about how we've parented and how we as a family are working towards equality, it's making sure that we aren't a part of the separation. I'm Kara Lewis Newton, host of the KLN Podcast. Five years ago, my life was literally flipped upside down when I built a multiple six-figure income from a business on social media. More than that though, I'm a mom to three and a wife to Luke in a marriage that we've had for over 18 years. But beyond those roles that I fill, I have found deep purpose in helping women find strength and confidence. Because I believe that when a woman can value who she truly is, it unlocks the potential for her to grow into someone even greater. I believe a confident woman will change the world around her. This is the KLN Podcast. In light of all that has happened in our country over the last few weeks, I really grappled and debated with my own self and went through the pros and cons and ultimately decided that yes, I was going to talk about the issues of race and the Black Lives Matters movement on my podcast. To be honest with you, I had actually decided the opposite just a few minutes prior to this. Who am I (laughs) to speak on this topic? Who am I to give an opinion? Who am I to give advice? Who am I to give any sensible thoughts about this topic? And then I realized that's exactly who needs to be talking about it. So I'm going to fumble through this. This is not going to be perfectly worded. This isn't going to uh, sound rehearsed, probably. This doesn't even have an outline. This is truly just where my heart is right now and what I feel like maybe I can do in light of all that's going on and how I can use my voice to make a positive impact on my family, on my neighbors, on my town, on my following, on those around me. So forgive me, this won't be perfect and I may say things that I quite possibly will look back on and think, well, I definitely could have said that better. So please know that and listen with just a hint of grace (laughs) because this is a topic that I don't feel confident talking about. Race, racism. I absolutely in no way, shape, or form would ever have or would describe myself or my family as racist. However, I will say that the whole idea of the Black Lives Matter movement is to really look back at what you've been taught and maybe some things that affected the way that you think that you don't even realize affected you. I think that that's important to do sometimes. And so when I look back over my life and my childhood, I realize I grew up in a very white town. (laughs) I went to school with a lot of white kids. And if the kids that were in my class weren't white, I'll be very honest with you. They were the troublemakers. They were the poor kids. They were the ones that were there because they were in foster care. And I think in some ways that absolutely had to shape how I thought and felt and saw people. And it wasn't a negative way of looking at them, but almost a pity, almost a, I should be there to help them kind of mentality when it came to the black kids in my class in elementary school. I can remember befriending a little girl. Her name was Amber in second grade, and she was a troublemaker. 
Looking back on it now, I realized that she had been taken out of her mother's care and placed in her grandmother's care, which was in our school district. And so she was probably going through all kinds of emotional turmoil inside. And my mom, being the amazing woman that she was, she encouraged me to be a light to her and to be kind to her and to be her friend. And so I did. And I can remember my teacher pairing me with her at Christmas time when it was time to do the gift exchange. And she said to me, now understand, I'm pairing you with her because I know you can handle this. She probably won't be able to get you a gift and I'll get you one for her. And so honestly, I think (laughs) it wasn't a bad experience for me as a kid to look on at someone else and befriend them and be kind to them because they had something less than me. But what happened was, I think what began to form in my mind was that maybe that race as an entirety had less than I had. Now, I don't think that I went on to believe that for the rest of my life, but that's what formed in my mind as a kid, not that I was better than them, but just that I had more than them. And I now know that a lot of that is true. A lot of that is not true. What I remember about Amber (laughs) is that she was wicked smart, wicked smart, (laughs) way smarter than me. And now I realize, I don't know whatever happened to Amber, but my guess is, Amber was never afforded the opportunities that I was given. And there was nothing wrong with Amber. Amber was in a bad situation and she was reacting like any kid would react. And she was so smart and she would have never been given the opportunities that me, as a semi-smart white kid, was given. I would love to know what happened to Amber. And like I said, I told you, I'm gonna fumble through this and I'm sorry, but I'm kind of just going through this with you as I look back on how I viewed white people and black people. And that's how I grew up. White people had money, white people had good families, and black people didn't. And it was my job to help them. (laughs) I realize now how crazy that kind of is. And so when I think about it, I think about our family now. Like how am I being different with my kids? How am I teaching them about race? and what it means to be black and white in this country and what it means for them as people. I can remember one time sitting around the dinner table and Lila was talking about a little girl in her class and she said her name. And when she said her name, I kind of pictured a little black girl. And so I said to Lila, is she black? And Lila said, I don't know. (laughs) And I remember thinking, what do you mean you don't know? And she said, well, is she white like you or is she black? And she said, I don't know. And so then I had to describe to her like what a black person was and what a white person was. And there's, I think that that was so innocent and so amazing. Like she truly didn't think of it one way or the other. And yet at the same time, I think it's also very important that we as parents talk about the difference between black and white. There is a difference. I don't want my kids to be completely colorblind. I want them to see everyone as different, but equal, right? So when I think about our kids, um, you know, we, we don't talk about it much. And I think maybe that's where maybe we have gone wrong as parents is to act as though it's not an issue at all. It is an issue and it is something that we should talk about and make them aware of so that they don't fall into patterns of thinking that are incorrect. And yet at the same time, I don't want it to be such a big issue that it's something they think about too, (laughs) right? I mean, it's just this really hard balance. 
But I do think we've done okay. I mean, I look at it and I see Silas and Jack and Lila and even my husband, all four of them, their very best friends are black. And I don't say that as like, oh, we have our token black family that we're friends with. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I say that because I've seen a lot of people do that. It's genuine. It's a real friendship. It's, it's this is who they've chosen as their partners right now. Um, and I love it. I love that my kids have these friendships and my husband has this friendship. I think it's amazing. And I, I think it goes to show that we've done a pretty good job at teaching our kids about equality. And so when I think about, well, how did we do that? If it's not something we talk about as much as we should, like how, how did we do that with our kids? And I think, and like I said, I don't say this um, as advice. I don't necessarily say this as we're doing a better job. Um, I just kind of have looked at our parenting and what have we done to create a culture within our family of equality. And I do think there's been some specific things that without really knowing it, we have done. And one of it is that don't be part of the separatism. What do, what do I mean by that? Well, I told you I grew up in a really white town, in a really white school, and there was not any opportunity other than those few kids a few times a year for me to interact with kids that didn't have the same color skin as me. And Luke and I have really honestly, we've made a, a point to make sure that that's not the case for my kids. And that's not always easy. We live in Indiana. We live in the suburbs of Indianapolis. It's a very white area. But I will tell you this, in the street that we live on, in the neighborhood that we live in, my children are the only Caucasian kids at the bus stop. I freaking love that. I love looking out my window in the morning and seeing all of the different skin tones lined up for the bus. It's normal for my kids. They don't look around and think, I'm the majority like I did. They don't look around and think I have to help all these poor souls, this one poor person in my class that's here through foster care. No, it's just normal to look around and not see people that look like you. Um, when I think about where we go to church and the things that we're involved in, when you look around, do all of the people look like you? And if they do, then you're part of the problem. You're part of the separatism that's happening. I don't even know if that's a word. I told you I was going to fumble through this. <laughs> I also think about my son Silas and he is very into basketball. And in Indiana, believe it or not, I have seen that basketball can be very segregated. I hate it. I don't want my kid playing sports with kids that look just like him. Also because <laughs> it's not going to help him become a better athlete or a better man or a better friend. And so we've made the choice that even though sometimes it would be easier to let him play in leagues that are closer by or with kids from his school, that he plays in a league that's more closer to the center of city. And he plays with kids that don't look like him. He plays with kids that don't have the same socioeconomic status as him. And you know what it's taught him? He is not better. And I love that. It has pushed him to realize they are just boys like him, some of them a whole stinking lot better than him. Is that a word either? I don't know. <laughs> it's been an awesome experience. There isn't room for him to think that he's better than them in any way, shape, or form, and I love it. And I'll be honest with you, have there been times as a mom when I go in to watch the basketball games and I'm the only Caucasian mom 
do I feel a little trepidatious? A little bit. And that's been so good for me because we're all moms cheering our sons on, wanting them to be the best that they can be. All from different places, all from different statuses, all from different home lives, all cheering for the same thing, all wanting the same thing for our kids. It's been an awesome experience. So I think if there's anything that I can say about how we've parented and how we as a family are working towards equality, it's making sure that we aren't a part of the separation. It's choosing to look around and realize if everyone here looks like me, I'm not going to become the best version of myself that I can be because there are elements that they'll never be able to stretch me and they'll never be able to teach me because we all look alike. And so I wanna be a part of organizations, of groups, of schools, of athletes, of churches, where not everyone is the same because ultimately that is how we learn from one another. And here's what I can promise you other mamas, as a mom, others first. It's always what I will teach my kids. The whole first shall be last, last shall be first, that's what I teach my kids. No matter the skin tone, no matter the gender, no matter what they believe, no matter their sexual orientation, no matter what, you put others before yourself. You decide that their needs, their thoughts, their voice, it's more important than you in that moment. That's what I teach my kids. So whether it's on the basketball court or in the classroom, on social media accounts, at the bus stop, first shall be last, last shall be first. You are here to be of service to others and to show people love. Bottom line, that is what I promise to live by example and to teach my children. I fumbled through this. I probably said things that I didn't mean to say the right way and I could go back and completely edit this whole thing, but I'm going to leave it because here's what I'm saying. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning. I am learning. And I know that one of the very best ways that I can learn is to immerse myself in things where not everyone looks, talks, and acts like me. And so that's my promise to my viewers, to my kids, to my good friends down the street, I will be a part of the solution. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the KLN Podcast. If it connected with you in any way, I would love it if you would hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any future episodes. You can also find me on carolewisnewton.com. You can sign up for my weekly newsletter. And also, I would love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, you have the power to change the world around you.